Good morning, or actually it's now noon, so I guess a little bit afternoon. It's one minute after, so good afternoon. And welcome to Pastor Pete's podcast. And uh, our, currently we're going through um, a, the, uh, our journey. Welcome to our journey through the book of James. Anyway, this is episode eight, and I'd like to welcome all of you to hearing it and hopefully getting something from it. Uh, remember, again, James uh, was the brother or purported to be most evidence and most scholars believe that James was the brother of Jesus Christ, his half-brother. Anyway, um, last time we talked about the tongue, about what James tells us about the tongue, it being a, a small, like a rudder of a ship. It's very small, but it steers the ship this way and that, and it's a small spark that can cause a wildfire. Um, and we talked about how how he tells us that we both curse and bless at the same using the, our same mouth. And then and then he says, you know, how is it possible that uh, a salt water can produce a uh, salt spring can produce fresh water? Anyway, he uh, uh, he he pretty much kind of puts it straight to us. You know, we got to keep our tongues under control. So uh, we're going to continue uh, with with our with James in chapter in chapter three right now we are and uh, but first I want to um, open up in prayer Heavenly Father thank you for your word thank you for these listeners who are hearing this podcast thank you for the ability to make a podcast so we can reach more people with your word and 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 I pray that you would uh, your Holy Spirit would guide and direct me in what I have to say, and that, uh, that, that while you use me as a tool, that might be my voice, but it is your thoughts and your words. Thank you so much, especially for the gift of your precious son, Jesus Christ, in whom we all place our faith and trust, and we pray. Amen. Well, it seems sometimes that James is a little disjointed because in the next set of verses, he goes on talking about wisdom. But as with all Bible studies, we have to take, take a step back and try and see the big picture that the author, and ultimately God, wants to see us from the writing or the letter of the book. Remember, they really did have snail mail back then. Well, they, they didn't have snail mail. I mean, it was slower than snail mail. You might even consider it, uh, uh, I don't know, um, uh, uh, slower than snail mail. Which reminds me of a dad joke, and you're gonna to have to forgive me for this dad joke. But I heard this just the other day. Um, what did the snail say when he rode on the back of a turtle? The answer is wee. <laughs> anyway, that that's my dad joke for today. Um, maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't, maybe you're groaning. That's okay. It's a dad joke, and you're supposed to. So anyway, sometimes letters would take months to get to their destinations. So the writers of these letters had to be careful and succinct as possible and still get the point across. James was no exception. His style of writing may have been embellished by the style of his scribe if he had one, but it, it still shows his level of education and understanding. Uh, of course, an English teacher would not have approved, but, you know, he wrote in Koine Greek. So, you know, English teachers, you can... Do what you want. This is Koine uh, translation from Koine Greek. Anyway, that is, of course, irrelevant. As with all things, 
God is more concerned and was more concerned and will be more concerned with the heart and the mind behind our words and action. Well, in Matthew 12, verse 3, Jesus says, make, make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you, you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for for every empty word they have spoken. It's a scary thought. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Still kind of a continuation of the, of the, the tongue theme, what we say, or the, another way uh, uh, that, that verse says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. In, in other versions, it's the same thing. Uh, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, which is a, um, my wife Corinne quotes that often. We have to be careful of our tongue. We just can't spout out curses. Anyway, um, it is interesting how Christ was hardest on those who proposed to have wisdom and knowledge, but did not. Oh, they had the knowledge, but they lost the wisdom somewhere along the line. The knowledge was there. They knew the law. They knew the, all the aspects of the law that they, of course, is, is the Pharisees. And they should have known better how to apply God's law, how to apply God's law rather than lord it over his people to puff up their own pride. So let's take a look at what James tells us about wisdom. It's amusing because we have this sort of, there are two kinds of people saying in our society today, like like uh, those who like Neil Diamond and those who don't. Sorry, stole that from, what about Bob? Anyway, James was, James was in a way making that kind of comparison. So let's look at it. Verses thir- chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility, in the humility that comes from wisdom. That's person, that's one kind. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice wow what a what a what a slam dunk there for where you have envy and selfish ambition there you find disorder and evil practice um in verse 13 the niv esv and nsb use understanding uh, whereas king james use imbued with knowledge i almost kind of they're they're both uh um um both equally the the same imbued with knowledge means you have this the this knowledge but the understanding you can have knowledge and still not understand it um for example uh when i was uh i I have a math minor and i'm not a mathematician i'm more of like a math technician i can do math but you know i do the math because i learned the technique i have the knowledge the technique but really, there's a lot of mathematics that I don't understand. And honestly, I don't care to understand. But 
that's again, you know, me digressing, but it, it's, it's applied in the same way. The Greek word James uses for wise is sophos, and we get our word sophisticated from that. And for understanding, he uses the word epistemon. So <laughs> I can't help but laugh because, you know, the way James wrote, you could probably say epistem off, but forgive me, Lord, for, for going that direction. But the word is epistemon, which means uh, understanding. And it actually directly translates to adept. It's interesting that our word, our English word adept means expert in some field or area or type of knowledge, or it's, uh, or one who is an adept, who, one who is uh, expert in some field or area or, or type of knowledge. In the modern Greek, it just translates to scientist. Again, you know, we can see a scientist is, is imbued with knowledge and strives for, at least strives for understanding, at least the good ones do. Anyway, and yes, as a scientist, I can truly say that there are bad scientists out there. They, 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 they seek to gain the knowledge, but they don't seek to gain the wisdom that comes with that knowledge. Anyway, uh, and I think that's the same thing that James is trying to point out here. He's referring to someone who has knowledge, but not just knowledge, a full understanding of that knowledge. Uh, remember in chapter 1, uh, verse 22, James tells us not to just be hearers or listeners, but doers of the word. How can you be a doer of the word? Um, if you've heard it, how can you be the doer of the word if you don't have understanding? We had the Holy Spirit to give us that wisdom, to give us that understanding. But he wants us, God wants us to not just hear it, but he wants us to go do it. Don't just sit there and listen to it in one ear out the other. Gain understanding. And if you don't have understanding, we'll see this later on uh, because James tells us, tells us to ask for that understanding. But we'll come back. We'll, we'll see that in a little bit. Our faith and level of maturity in, in the faith is borne out by how we behave. And the converse is true as well. Our lack of faith and our, our immaturity, um, immaturity in the faith will also be borne out by how we behave. I like how the NIV uses the word harbor. English Standard Version and NASB and King James state, if you have, what I'm talking about, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, says verse 14. Um, uh, the NIV say, uh, the I'm sorry, the um, uh, English Standard Version says, if you have selfish ambition, bitter envy and selfish ambition. It's it's the word harbor there. Um, uh, okay, the, the Greek word is, aket, a, sorry, akit or akite, which translates you are having or you've got. So it's, a, it's proper, which in conceptual context is a greater possessive, like the, is a greater possessive, like the word harbor or harboring. It's, you know, you can have something, but harboring is the emphasis there. You, 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 you're keeping it inside there, this selfish ambition. Uh, interesting to note that in English, a harbor is a place where ships go to be safe from storms, conduct business, load and unload, find rest for their crews, etc. It's often a place where a ship can stay for a while before going to sea again. So when you think about that, the, the harbor is it's you're you're keeping things there where you think they're safe. So and you have to ask yourself, are you harboring something in your heart 
that is preventing you from acquiring the wisdom of God, like selfish ambition, unforgiveness, covetousness, all those things. Uh, are you harboring those in the heart, in your heart? Are they destroying you from the inside out because you know you placed your ship in a in an area uh, that's uh, you think might be safe, but it's not. Well, James tells us that this is not something that we should be proud of and fa and we should face it. Don't deny it. Where does he say that? Um, here you go. Uh, verse 14. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Where does that come from? Such wisdom does not come down from the heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual and demonic. Wow. Well, wow, that's that, that's 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 kind of that's heavy duty, right? I mean, when you think of it, it's really heavy. It's come from hell. Um, it it tells us that the types of wisdom is at best earthly and at worst demonic in nature. The proof of which is in results that come of it, as he states in verse sixteen. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every every evil practice okay so yeah harboring in your heart selfish ambition and envy oh think about that wow selfish ambition is a form of pride isn't it selfishness and pride thinking that you deserve or you should strive for something better than what you've been given that uh or what god has guided you to or being jealous of those who have uh whatever uh that might uh have moved ahead of you in a way that that or or um you know like like one of the things that i had to um overcome was that i had people that um had the same level of education that i did but they went into a different field and their field produced uh jobs and careers that were much more monetarily rewarding than mine. And, 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 and also I had selfish ambition. Well, it made me, it really did start to eat at me and, and cause me to think bad of myself, um, think of myself as being incompetent or think of myself as, as not good enough when I was created by God. And Ephesians 2.10 says that I was created, I was God's masterpiece, his good work, uh, his poetry created for good works by God, created for his good works. Wow. Um, but yet that envy and selfish ambition blocked that in my mind. And, and, you know, that was, you know, that was a small thing combined to, you know, what about jealousy and, and people that believe that they got to fight their way to the top and leave their families and leave everything behind disorder and every evil practice or selfish ambition and, or envy or covetousness of, of somebody else's wife or husband uh, and adultery, adulterous relationships come out of it. All those things. Uh, I mean, we could project, he didn't list them all, but he says every evil practice, take a hold of that. If you're harboring in your heart, selfish ambition and bitter envy, bitter envy, not just envy, but bitter envy, envy that makes you uh, bitter. Uh, you know, there's other places in the Bible that says, don't, you know, don't let bitterness, uh, don't let a bitter root become a 
foothold for the for the devil. I mean, boom, it, it's right there. Boom. I'm sorry, my East Coast is coming out. I was born and raised in Philadelphia, so if I say boom or there you go or those kind of things, you know, you can take the boy out of Philly, but you can't take the Philly out of out, out of the boy. Anyway, again, I'm digressing, but think about think about it. Your heart is harboring, keeping safe from exposure, thoughts and feelings of selfish ambition, bitter envy, or unforgiveness. That opens up your heart to all kinds of mischief, factions, deceit, favoritism, all these things which James, we've already talked about, has previously warned about, and these are not from heaven. They are from hell. Deceit and and the, the devil would like nothing better than break up a family, break up a church, break up uh, uh, godly relationships. That's what he's all about. And, you know, if you harbor these things in your heart, you're just open those doors wide open. You're giving him carte blanche to cause these things. And and believe me, you're not smarter than the devil. You may think you are, but you are not. And he's been doing this far longer than you've been alive. If you ever want to know how good he is at it from um, just read the screw tape loader sometime. That, that, that'll give you a kind of an interesting perspective. The screw tape loader is by C.S. Lewis. Fantastic uh, book on the uh, on um, how a man is susceptible to temptation. And maybe some of the things that he mentions there are dated, but the, the actual temptations and the, and the thing behind it are not dated at all. And, and I would recommend to every Christian to read that because it is... Uh, it is a um, fantastic book to read. Well, in verses 17 through 18, James gives us the acceptable, desired wisdom that we want. Okay, so verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. We see that we see from his letter that wisdom and the application of knowledge, useful knowledge in God's eyes, comes from heaven. He starts by saying, if it comes from heaven, it is pure or holy. First of all, it is pure or holy. If we read this in conjunction of what Paul states in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, the love chapter that you know pastors love to quote at at weddings and so forth. Although it is a great chapter, and I don't want to downplay that. Um, at all, but but you know the love chapter. You know, love is kind. Love is you know. The, forget well. Go to it and read it yourself. <laughs> One could draw a confusion conclusion. Sorry, that wisdom and love are on par with each other. So wisdom and love are, you know, together. Why are they? Why are they on par? Well, it's an acceptable conclusion. We know that God is the source of love and the source of all wisdom. God is love. Yes, he is the source of love. God do doesn't have love. He is love. All love comes from God. Wisdom, all wisdom comes from God. He is the source. So, yes, love and wisdom are on par with each other. Um, in verse 18, he wraps it up by reminding us what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in, or the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. 
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Peacemaker, verse 18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. And one of those harvests of righteousness is that they will be called children of God. Wow. So we're called to discern between good wisdom and bad wisdom. So true today as it was then. We're surrounded. We are surrounded by and bombarded with false knowledge, false wisdom in our ever-changing, ever-changing, fast-paced media world. Solomon warns of, of us in Proverbs 14, 12. What he tells us is there is a way that seems right to man, but is in its end is the way of death. I think Shakespeare said, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, this is a good time to wrap it up. Uh, and uh, uh, we will get back together again next week. May you all have a blessed week. And please don't hesitate to email me with questions uh, or, you know, directly to my email or post a question on my page, wherever you want to do. God bless you all and take care. And thanks for listening.